I'm Carrie. And I'm Stephanie. And this is the Love and Nonsense Podcast. Hey, Stephanie. Hey, Carrie. So it is review day. And it's actually going to be a good review day. Spoiler alert. I know. Last pre- That last review, I was like, I don't know about the rest of these this movies. And then I watched these and I was like, all right, fine. Guess I was wrong. But I will say I do think it helps that we are only doing three. We're picking them, really. So we're yeah. not talking so about the helped. crappy ones. I know. that That is a big plus for the year. But since we're not talking about or racing to watch all of the movies for the weekend, I think we just in general are in a better mood when we watch the movies. I mean, obviously, there are still some that we haven't loved, right? But overall, there hasn't been a ton of hate hate and just like feeling burnt out that's we a good thing this year we're not disliking them because we're just tired of watching yeah there's actual genuine reasons <laughs> so our first movie to talk about is everyone's pick literally a hundred percent of people picked this movie in the showdown on the, on the showdown it was closer in the pre ones and like the first, the first round, round. Mm-hmm. But we had Eight Gifts of Hanukkah versus the Maya movie. Was it Christmas Melody? And everyone chose Eight Gifts of Hanukkah. So that's what we're covering. Which, I mean, I can't really blame you. I think those Maya bangs really threw off. Yeah. <laughs> they put everyone off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Because it did win the showdown on the first one. But I, I just think that the Hanukkah one, you know, I think Hanukkah ones are usually pretty liked because they're unique. You, they're not just another Christmas movie, you know? Yeah, they're kind of rare. So whenever there is a Hanukkah one, a lot of people want to watch it. I mean, one... If you're actually Jewish and celebrate Hanukkah, I'm sure you appreciate at least the effort put forward. And then everyone else is just like, oh, maybe I'll learn something or it's just different. Right. So it just sets it apart a little bit from all the Christmas movies. Yeah, I agree. And I feel like this was a very good Hanukkah movie. I felt like. I agree because so to preface this, ironically, one of my former co-workers, she's Jewish. She shared an article about the lack of Hanukkah movies out there. And there was a little bit of dissing of Hallmark and some of the other people that do Hanukkah movies just because they're couched in Christmas. That is true. And Christmas is usually still kind of the focus and they kind of make the... Jewish people kind of dumb, right? Like, oh, how do I put Christmas lights on a Christmas tree or just basic things as if they've never seen Christmas before just because they're Jewish and celebrate Hanukkah. (laughs) So I was kind of thinking of that going into this like, oh, no, like now that I read this article and I'm like thinking about how this could come off to actually people who celebrate Hanukkah. I wonder what it's going to be like. But this one did a really good job of not focusing on Christmas really at all. There's like one mention in the beginning of the movie because her friend celebrates Christmas. And then otherwise, it's Hanukkah all the way. Yeah, that's true. And usually it's like a couple where one is Jewish and one is not Jewish. I don't know if they're Christian or not, but they're not Jewish. And so mm-hmm. then they kind you kind of see two sides. Now, granted, last year's Hanukkah movie was that Love Lights Hanukkah. And I don't think they really did a ton of Christmas stuff in that one either. I mean, I really don't remember much about that movie, but she had celebrated Christmas most of her life and she did have a lot of Christmas up. Yes. She thought she was like Italian. That so- is true. But the the like the traditions were not Christian traditions that they were doing. They were definitely doing Hanukkah 
traditions because she was learning from her family how that she didn't know she had about the Hanukkah traditions. They did in the article mention that double holiday was Mm -hmm. it got like the most positive (laughs) response from them. And I was like, oh, thank goodness, because I love Christopher Palaha. And I like that movie. Yeah. I do feel like I think that there's a lot of there's a lot of Jewish people who love Christmas anyway. So I would I would be interested to see one where there's actually a Jewish person who actually loves Christmas rather than like the ones where they're like, oh, Jewish people don't know anything about Christmas, even though there are a lot of Jewish people who don't celebrate Christmas. So maybe they don't know how to put lights on a tree. I do have a comment about that in a different movie. <laughs> for the so. I think I know what movie you're talking about. <laughs> I just thought it was interesting. But to get back to the actual movie, I liked it a lot. And I think this might be my favorite movie with Jake Epstein. I think this is my favorite thing that I've seen him in. And I really like the girl. What other movie is he in that I might know? Because I know he was in also this week, A Christmas Village Romance, which I started but I have not finished not as good as Eight Gifts, though. He's in, is it Mistletoe and Menorah? He's in another Jewish <gasps> and Christmas right, movie. That's right. That's right. That was a lifetime one, though. I've only seen that one once. So is he really I Jewish? I mean, I think, I don't know. I wondered that when I watched this because I was like, why is he always in the Hanukkah movies? <laughs> Maybe I wonder if he has that, like, I think a lot of people consider Jewish people to be white, but they kind of traditionally have like the darker hair and more of an olive skin tone. So I wonder if it's just like they feel like he fits the thing or if he actually, oh, Epstein was born in Toronto. His mother, Kathy Kaser, is a Norma Norma Fleck award-winning writer of children's stories about the Holocaust, and his father, Ian Epstein, is a lawyer. So he is Jewish and was raised in conservative Judaism. Huh. Good to know. And now it makes sense that they always pick him for Hanukkah. (laughs) Well, it probably is helpful to have actors who actually know the traditions, because if Mm -hmm. you're writing the stories and you're not Jewish, You might get something wrong and maybe you have the ability to have someone like help correct it if there's something like that really stands out to them or something like that. I think that that would probably be helpful, but agreed. So I liked him. He was really funny in this movie and he was really sweet. I really liked his just character overall because he was always on her side. He's very vocal about being on her side, always noticing like these little things about her and He was also vocal about wanting children and wanting a family. And it's not something you always hear from these guys Mm -hmm. in these movies because a lot of them are like, I'm not ready to get married or be in a relationship or whatever, you know. So I just really liked his character overall. I agree. I I didn't know the preface of the movie that well. I couldn't remember what the summary was. I just knew it was a Hanukkah movie, obviously about eight gifts. But I really was not like super like prepared for what the storyline might be. And I don't think I'd even seen the promo for this one. I so, haven't either. So when I turned it on and he was there and you meet him at her doctor's office because she's an eye doctor. I was like, well, he's clearly the guy. (laughs) I knew immediately. I was like, obviously, this is the guy that she's supposed to be with. And Mm -hmm. even though she's, I think the movie might have started out, I I watched it in two separate things, but I think the movie started out with her speed dating or not speed dating, but like going on a bunch of dates at this one coffee shop with a bunch of different guys, most of which were horrible dates, including a Santa. (laughs) (laughs) Why, Why do you show up to a date as Santa? 
I mean, Santa is having a moment in the romance bookstagram sphere these days, but this is Hallmark and Santa's not having a moment. Well, so. I, I feel like perhaps if the person volunteers to be Santa, maybe he felt like that might be bonus points because he is like volunteering with the kids to be Santa. Yeah, I'm not here for that. <laughs> and neither was she because she didn't even say hi. She just turned around and left. Yep. <laughs> that was funny. Speaking of her being an eye doctor and like owning her own practice, I thought that was actually pretty cool because it's a different job than we usually see from any of the characters, honestly. And they were at her office a lot. And we even had a romantic eye exam <laughs> when she <laughs> examined his eyes, quote unquote. And there was just like moments. I was like, wow, I never thought this could be romantic. And yet here we are. <laughs> yeah, I like that too. You know, I abnormally love the eye doctor. I always have. So I appreciated it being an eye doctor. I was like, this is kind of fun something different plus you know it played into one of the guys that she met was one of her patients and he just kept losing his glasses and needing her needing to see her which was kind of cute and then it also played into it with this pair of glasses that she wanted to find their retro glasses and she was wondering if they were already gone or if she was going to be able to get them or not yeah and it also goes into this is what i thought you were going to say oh. into the whole idea of the love of your life like seeing you and he saw her and he oh. understood her because he's the one this isn't really a spoiler but I guess it kind of is he was giving her the eight gifts of Hanukkah they were all very unique to her that only someone who really paid attention and knew her would know that she would love well, we kind of played into that too and this is why this is my only caveat for the thing I did not look like about this movie. Well, there was two little things, but one of the things that I did not like about this movie, which really is just a small thing in the grand scheme of things, she's wondering if this guy that she met on online dating got her white roses that her are her favorite because blah, 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 blah. That's never come up in conversation. It could be like an ironic, like, oh, I can't believe this guy ended up getting these white roses and not knowing they're my favorite, right? Like a coincidence. But then there's the chocolate. Every gift as it keeps getting further and further, I was like, why have you not nixed these new guys that literally don't know anything about you? Now, saying, uh, just so you guys know, so there are several suitors in this movie. <laughs> Must be nice because there's the guy that comes in who is like the tech guy and he's the guy who always loses his glasses to see her. And then there is also this the dating app guy who is a chef, a Michelin rated chef and then there is also the ex-boyfriend who broke up with her and then there's jake epstein's character so yeah. i just was like fiance oh that's right that's right so at least with the ex-fiance it seemed like okay i could see where you might think that this was from him the other two guys she should have known after like gift three that it wasn't either one of them agreed there was really only two people it could have been and even then because this is I guess this is kind of a spoiler. This leads up into kind of the problem of the movie where he's like, how could you not know that it was me? All of these gifts were pointing to me knowing you and you thought it was ex-fiance dude who never knew you. You know, like he was offended and yeah. hurt that she didn't guess it was him when it was so obvious. Well, clearly it was only obvious to us watching it, but it didn't really make sense that she, I mean, they tried to play it off because she's like, 
oh, well, I always thought you like saw me as a little sister because he's friends with her brother and you just always hang out with our family and I didn't want to ruin anything. So she tried to play it off like I just couldn't even imagine it would be you. But they definitely had connecting moments that were more than friendship several times before she knew that it was him. Yeah. So there was the romantic eye exam and there was the them playing chess together. And there, there was like moments. a quick moment at the almost kind of beginning where she, I think, reaches for something and they're really close to each other. There's the can you help me with dancing, which leads me to mm-hmm. a line that I loved. <laughs> She's like, well, what am I going to do at the ball? Because I think they were I, I could be wrong, guys, but I think they were talking about her dancing. And he's like, stand around looking fine. He had a lot of great one liners. I loved when they were at the planning meeting for the ball and she said something and he said something to support her and they're like, you're always team Sarah. And he's like, yeah, I'm team Sarah always. Oh, yeah. And it's just like the way he said it was very obvious (laughs) how he felt. And then ex-fiance who's there jumps in like, oh, yeah, I'm team Sarah too. But it wasn't the same. No, it wasn't. And I think like... Back to one of your previous points. He was so intentional. Guys, this is a movie that like I feel like guys should watch and take notes. If there's somebody you're this trying one to This one and the next one we talk about. I agree too. Yes. I was like, oh my goodness, guys. Like you don't have to do these because his, the gifts were simple, but knew her, right? But then there were mm-hmm. like kind of extreme dream things like the the glasses where might be hard to get or might have cost potentially cost a lot of money or like the watch where so these are gifts that he gives her guys the watch potentially could cost a lot of money depending on how where they are how much value them being they both looked like vintage you know so you could potentially say that he put in a lot of money but you could do this on something so small and it, that's simple and like like the flowers or the candy or the whatever just listening to what people are saying and mm-hmm. going and getting that thing because they like it. You know, it's like, it's such a simple concept, but I feel like we're missing this in life, guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then I think my last note is, speaking of dancing, I thought this was where you were going to go. They played Howie Day's Collide. I definitely had this that? one here too. They played it twice. <laughs> I know. I was like, first they played it for their practice dancing and you know, it was like, oh, this was our sixth grade song. And then they played at the end when they come back together. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, it's Collide. I know. <laughs> Not Hallmark making this song popular again, like 15 years later. <laughs> <laughs> but it was like a really great song choice for the storyline, I felt like. So I had another song comment. That was the most beautiful rendition of the Lighting of the Menorah song that I think I have ever heard in my entire life. Yes. Yes. It was so pretty. And then, because I'm not Jewish and I don't celebrate Hanukkah, I looked up, like, do they really do menorah lightings this big? You know, kind of like we have the Christmas tree lightings. And they do. I was like, huh. I would almost like to go to one just to experience it. Although I think yesterday was the last day of Hanukkah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. Missed opportunity. (laughs) (laughs) They had to get this movie out before it was over, honestly. Yeah. Well, they did it. They did it like the week of Hanukkah, which I think was why it was planned, you know, because I think Hmm. it started Sunday night. The first day of Hanukkah was Sunday night. So they technically could have done it Sunday night. But I wonder if they were going traditional Christmas because that was Thanksgiving 
weekend. Mm, that's true. And then they did it the first Friday, you know, that came up and it's only eight days. So he really only had <laughs> only so yeah. many options. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Okay. We want to rate it because the rest of mine can probably fit into other scoring. Yeah. Okay. okay. So for setting, I gave it a three, which sounds really low when I say it, but it wasn't that exciting. And I'm fairly certain this house is the five star Christmas house. But you know, I always think it's that house. I know you do. I don't think it was, but the front at least they're it's very. That front they always use. It's very similar. I I mean, I don't know. The the I gave it a four, but I re- did write down. I I like. I loved the inside of that house. I thought it was really pretty, but I hated the posts. The posts were like this orangey wood tone, and they just mm-hmm. stood out like a sore thumb to me. And I thought that is not the color that I would have picked. <laughs> I didn't even notice that. So. There you go. Mm, All right. Maybe it's because I'm colorblind. (laughs) So I see it different. You know what? I bet it is that. (laughs) Let's see. Uh, For style, I gave it a four. I really liked her blue dress at the end. And I thought overall, everyone was dressed okay. I gave it a five because of her dressing specifically. And if that blue color is not the perfect color for her. Like her dark Mm -hmm. hair, her dark eyes, her olivey skin tone, all of these things together with that blue just popped. And I did also love the last dress, although I was kind of disappointed in it a little bit because she talked about it earlier in the movies and she's like, it's this royal blue and navy and blah, blah, blah. And then I, it was all, it was all royal blue to me. I didn't see any navy on it. Yeah, I was confused on her description as well because it looked all the same, but I thought it was still pretty. I was just like, this isn't what she described. Yep, that's what I thought too. She still looked nice. and That's still a high score. For storyline, okay, so I gave it a five. However, maybe I should lower it because this eight gifts of Hanukkah idea is like the 12 days of Christmas. And they've had 12 days of Christmas movies, specifically one called My Christmas Love, where she gets gifts each day of the 12 days and she has to guess out of these suitors who it is and lo and behold it's the family best friend you know very similar storylines but I still liked it so five so I also gave it a five that didn't really bother me as much because it was Hanukkah and but Mm -hmm. I do agree I could see where that in like the ghosts of Christmas past or whatever Mm -hmm. tend to be things that come up over and over and over again but then again it's kind of hard to come up with something that's unique I feel like yeah we're just reusing ideas everywhere so I did give it a five I have several things here to talk about I really connected with specifically one part, but was like an overarching storyline. It's when he gives her the picture frame and she's like, I've Mm -hmm. gone through all the family photos and I can't find the one. And I've decided that the picture that belongs here hasn't been taken yet. I want a pic Mm. of my family, my husband, my kids. And I was just like, oh my gosh, I relate so bad to this. This this part of the storyline was something that really like got me. Yeah. So that was one of them. There were a couple of points in the story. I guess I could have said these earlier, but I really loved when they both went to the bench where that was dedicated to her grandma and they just, he was crying and she was crying and it was just so sweet. And then there were two other parts that I felt that 
were really interesting. One unique, one interesting. I loved their fight because their fight felt so real life. It's not like this Mm -hmm. stupid argument that you're like, whatever. It's like this, why haven't you told me this before? Like, it just felt like a real adult fight. And then they're getting back together. Yeah. (laughs) Was like adult handled as like adults and stuff like that, I felt like. And then on top of that, he ends it. Well, before we get to the end, can you believe that she had to break up with so many guys at one party? (laughs) I know. I was like, wow. She's just making the rounds at this party. She's like, sorry, I'm in love with someone else. Sorry, it's someone else. That was so funny. And all these guys are just left there awkward because they came for her. That was so funny. I was like, you know what, though? I appreciate that she tried to do it in person. (laughs) She didn't like cowered out and text message them. And then after that, they get together and his eighth gift is a ring. One that I thought meant he was proposing and I was shocked. And one that Jen and I, hi, Jen. Both heard that he had said that it was a promise ring. But what was interesting about it is I'm not usually the biggest fan of promise rings. I think it's kind of silly. Like, just ask somebody to marry you. But Mm -hmm. it was her grandmother's promise ring that she gave to him in hopes that he would give it to her. So Mm -hmm. the fact that it's like this, this vintage ring from a different era when promise rings were a normal thing for people who were like, you know, in high school or whatever and waiting until they graduated to get married or whatever. I felt like I was like, that's so sweet. And I definitely did feel like it was a promise ring with a an engagement coming in the future. Yeah, I just assumed engagement because I was I was just in shock when he pulled out this ring box and showed her this ring. I was like, what is happening? <laughs> so I missed this whole promise ring thing. I heard it was the grandmother's, though. And I just assumed he was like, marry me. But he didn't exactly say those words, I guess. Nope, he did not. But it was Uh, sweet. So on the last one, are we going to change this one to menorahs this time? There was zero Christmas in this. Well, I I changed it to dreidels, but I guess we could do menorahs too. (laughs) Because I was like, we can't do Christmas trees. And I gave it a five. I mean, it was full of a lot of holiday spirit. And I guess this could be setting, but I... I roped it in with the dreidels holiday spirit because, you know, decor is my thing because they did a really good job of having subtle like blue, white, golds and silver throughout the home decor, the outfits and then just actual decorations that were meant for Hanukkah. So I thought they did a really good job to try and spruce everything up when maybe Hanukkah isn't normally spruced up to the max like Christmas is. I'd agree. And I think they did this really well also in her clothes. She had that really pretty blue coat, the blue pants, the blue dress, mm-hmm. obviously. But also, I, I had this thought. She has a collection of menorahs and somebody mentions them at some point in the movie. And then it made me think, was there not a collection of menorahs in mistletoes and men- mistletoe and menorahs? Or did they own the shop where there was a lot of menorahs? I honestly do not remember. I feel like that was a thing. And I wonder if some of them were duplicates, like they reused them this year. <laughs> well, I, you're, you're talking about lights and Hanukkah. No, 
right? No, I'm talking about the other Jacob Nora's a lifetime movie. I know. Well, that's true. Uh, but he had a bunch, and they were talking about the historics because he was teaching her about history of the menorah and the whatever. So I remember that conversation in that movie. But you're right. It was a different. I just don't see Lifetime and Hallmark sharing props. <laughs> Unless they were rented, maybe. <laughs> I mean, maybe. Who's renting out menorahs? I don't know. Oh, okay. Well, I gave this movie a love. Me too. Yay! Our first love. Now we are moving on to A Very Merry Bridesmaid on Hallmark. Another one that I really like. Me too! Woohoo! We're on a roll. Okay, so the first question I have to ask, because it's the first note I made, in this movie... Well, I guess I should do a little synopsis first because we did the Hanukkah one. So basically, Emily Osment's character is has her birthday on Christmas Eve and her brother's getting married on Christmas Eve. And her birthday, she's turning 30, which is like a milestone birthday. And everyone seems to have forgotten except brothers, groomsmen, slash best friend, slash boy next door who kind of has a crush on her and she has a crush on him. So anyway, that's like the premise. My first question... <laughs> So in the beginning, they show them as kids and she goes across the street to his house, which he lives with his grandma. So it's his grandma's house. And the grandma's like, oh, milestone birthdays. This was me when I was 30 and in Kenya. And they show like the safari photo. Was that Lacey Chabert from the safari movie? I did not think so, but maybe. I just I could have sworn. I was like, is that Lacey from the safari movie? (laughs) I just honestly assumed that they had her pick a, a, a photo. Or something like oh, a actress. real photo? Yeah, that was like a real photo of her. That was like a travel photo and she picked it. And then that's the one that they used. That Because I feel like when they, they'll do that a lot of the time where they'll use people's real life childhood photos as decor, you know, or whatever, just mm-hmm. to have real ones of them. But I honestly, I thought I it was know. supposed to be like maybe a funny nod to Lacey, but I could be wrong. I mean... It wasn't great lighting. Literally, that was my first thought. I'll have to go back and look again. I didn't think it was that easy of a photo to tell specifically, but Okay, well, that was my first note because I was like, oh my gosh. Well, my first note was when they're decorating the Christmas tree and he says something about lights first, then ornaments. And she says, yeah, anyone who does it the other way is an amateur. Yeah, I remember that. (laughs) I get so mad when I see this. Why are you putting the lights on after the ornaments? Like, this is just ridiculous. It's so difficult and it doesn't make any sense. So there's the nod to the eight. To, to the conversation we had about the eight gifts and putting lights on Christmas trees. And that's not the only mo- thing that this movie had in common with Eight Gifts of Hanukkah. Besides the hero being super like observant and like seeing the heroine, you know, mm-hmm. this also has the whole brother's best friend trope in it. That is true. <laughs> that was an Eight Gifts of Hanukkah. And here we again, we have it. It was a bit more prominent in this one because we actually have the brother warning his friends not to date her because he knows too much about them to let them date his baby sister. And then there's also a second conversation between the brother and the lead guy because brother's noticing y'all are spending a lot of time together. I'm not sure how I feel about this. So... I kind of liked that. Well, and then there was the third conversation at the very end where he's like, I really do care about her. And he was like, okay, you know, like, I know, like, then he's like, fine with it. So I don't know if he was just saying, I know so much about you guys 
to like ward off his other friends and not specifically him. But that was kind of weird. But then he had the one on one, which was kind of warning him, mostly just because he didn't want his sister to get hurt because the lead guy traveled a lot. So maybe the brother knew that the lead guy was going to stay around. And so he didn't have any problems with it. I don't know. But I also thought it was funny because so the brother has this conversation with the guy and then he leaves a party early to avoid sticking around and talking to her. But she follows him outside because she's like, hey, what's going on? And they end up under the mistletoe and they end up kissing. Uh, I definitely wrote this down and I love that she kissed him. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yes, but then he let her walk away. He like called her name and she didn't stop, but he didn't like go after her. Like, guys, I mean, he was leaving because the brother warned him. I just I I really like that whole scene. I did not expect them to wind up under the mistletoe and kissing. I did not. I was like, whoa. And it wasn't so random. Like there was a fishing pole mistletoe this time. (laughs) Yeah. It wasn't any parents behind it trying to get them together. Although it was really cute at the end when the mom was like so happy to see them together. She's like, yeah, I really liked the parent storyline. And then I, I liked that ending too. Yeah. Don't surprise the bride with a new house that you bought and a whole new wedding. Just don't do it. Just especially type A personality. Like, why couldn't you have just surprised her with the house? Like, do the drive up before you've bought the house and just say, I want to change everything. And then and then let her be involved in making it happen. I agree with that. But I also I mean, I understand this was her childhood house and they had already tried to buy the house and it fell through. So she was on board with getting this house. But then once the old deal fell through and they had another chance for him to just go forward and buy it himself, I'm just like, this is still a big purchase. And even if I was on board before, I still need to know this. So I don't know. I agree. I mean, it was sweet. And I didn't hate the storyline as much. I decided like when it first happened, I was like, I don't like this. But I kind of decided a little later that I didn't hate it as much because... So the whole thing around the house is she wanted to get married. Her parents have died and she wanted to get married in the home that she grew up in. She always dreamed of this on Christmas Eve in a wedding dress by the designer that was her mom's favorite designer to kind of have this connection with her parents. And they had planned all this stuff, couldn't get the home. So now we've got Christmas Eve and the dress. But then the dress gets lost at the airport. So I kind of appreciated the fact that he was trying to like give her something else in her dreams, kind of making up for the fact that the dress isn't there that she had planned on. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I didn't hate the storyline. I was just like, in real life, this would be terrible. But in the movie, it worked out great. (laughs) Although, of course, the look on her face at first, I was like, "Um, is she getting happy about this? I know. He's like, I bought a house and we're here. And she's like, what? She's blindfolded (laughs) and just shocked. Let's see. My last two notes are, first, the guy says that Emily reminds him of his grandma, which is like a compliment, but I just wrote down, every girl wants to hear that she reminds you of your grandma. Like, her face is kind of like, thank you, but also, that's not what I want to (laughs) be. That is true. That is not normally a good like compliment, but I definitely heard it more as your personality for whatever the way it was staged was kind of like 
her personality. So it did, I mm-hmm. didn't like dislike it, but I could, I definitely agree that that's probably not a good starting point. <laughs> yeah. I, I just thought it was kind of funny. Like, ah. and then the last thing was at the wedding and the guy yells for her to give a speech. And I'm like, if I was with somebody and I was the center of tension already, cause people are celebrating for me for something. And he starts yelling speech. So everyone else starts yelling speech and then I have to come up with something on the spot. I'd kill him. Yep. I agree. (laughs) Like, don't do that. Well, and it was weird also because they celebrated her for her birthday, which I thought was sweet. It was like, we didn't forget you. We pulled our our frequent flyer miles so that you can travel and give them to you, which I thought was a really cool gift. But at the same time, I was like, this is like taking up like so much time of their wedding. It was kind of weird to have like this huge birthday speech where every person is saying a little bit and then to have her also give a speech that does not talk about the bride and groom at all at the wedding. I was like, this is just a little awkward. See, I didn't think it was weird because I figured everybody knew her anyway. So it's not like she was a stranger to all these people who'd like come out of town that only knew her brother and his wife. You know, I was like, who's this girl? Well, I figure people know her, but her side of the her her side of people may not know her at all. So half the wedding party might not know her at all. They'll yeah. know she's a sister, but not necessarily know her potentially. I don't know. Maybe she did live fifteen minutes away from their house and like where they grew up. So that's true. They still lived in the same town growing up, and you know, of course, it's a small town. Of course, it is. Anywho, for setting, I gave it a five because I just loved it all and I really loved the romantic gazebo. It was so pretty. So I also gave it a five and I did like the gazebo also, but I really loved her store. Oh, yes. It was so cute. That was nice. And then for style, I also gave it a five because everyone looked good. I can't say that she wore anything that stood out to me. I just loved all of her outfits. She pretty much just wore sweaters that had the French tuck in her jeans, but it was a cute look and I really like her short hair. So there you go. I gave it a four. I also liked a lot. I really liked her bridesmaid's dress. I thought it was really pretty, but Mm -hmm. I just didn't give it a five. I don't know. Boo on you. Yep. And then storyline, I gave it another five because I just really connected with this story. I feel like a lot of it has to do with it being this time in my life where Literally next week, I'm turning 30. So I'm having the milestone birthday. So and everything that she was saying, I felt like just with everybody being in different places than me and kind of like measuring yourself, even though you're not supposed to, but kind of comparing like where you are in your life, where you're going versus the people around you, you know, and those feelings of I'm not there. So I just really like this movie because where is my guy to show up? and celebrate my birthday and all this stuff he's in your hometown stephanie what (laughs) i'm never gonna find him there (laughs) actually that was one of the comments that i had was since your 30th birthday is next week and it's like christmas time and it's like kind of the perfect storm i was i was curious about that and then i also wrote down i gave it a five but i said i would totally watch a sequel, sequel, and I've already named it. Oh, my. Uh, a Very Merry Bride. Good job. So there you go, Hallmark. Make it happen. And then we have the third movie, A Very Merry Baby. So, <laughs> I mean, this basically writes itself. Sure. If Lifetime does. can do it, we can do it. Yep. <laughs> 
Oh, okay. And then Christmas trees, I gave it a five because it was full of Christmas and it's a love. Um, I gave it four Christmas, but I can I can get behind you giving it a five. And I also gave it a love. Curious, since you gave this all fives, is this your top movie? It's one of the top movies, yes. Okay. I feel like I gave One December Night all fives, too. I think you did, too. All right. On to our last movie, Kirk Franklin's A Gospel Christmas on Lifetime. Guys, I got lots of notes on this sucker. Yeah, she she's scaring me because she's like, I've got a lot of notes. <laughs> Sounds so foreboding. I liked the movie All a right. lot, though. I am going to say. So did I. See, and I had started this movie, like the poster of this movie, I was not super sold on this movie. Like, I liked the idea of the concept. We talked about it. I was, obviously, it's my pick to review it. I thought it I, I thought from what I had seen, it was going to be good. But then the poster came out and Lifetime's been going really crappy cheapo on the posters where they're just putting the people in front of like a snowy background. And I didn't think it was like the greatest picture of either one of them. I actually did not from the picture. I did not recognize her when they first showed her in the movie. Like I it's thought, because she looks so old in the picture. Yes, and he did too. And I just like I was like, oh, I didn't, I didn't love it. So I was not super excited about it. So then I, I had started Eight Gifts of Christmas. I mean Hanukkah when it was on, and so I finished it. And then I was like, I'm just gonna do Kirk Franklin, and then I'll say Very Merry Bridesmaid. I know my mom already enjoyed that one, so at least I'll, I'll be a Stephanie and I'll save one for the end. <laughs> but it exceeded my expectations. Good, good. So. Going back to her looking older on the picture, Mm -hmm. I looked up their ages because I was curious. How old do you think they are in real life? Oh, geez. I think he's, I'm going to go with he is 42. Okay. Because they tend to get older guys for these movies, I feel like. So I'm going to go 42 and she is 33. (laughs) Okay. I'm really thinking about this. (laughs) So I... Knew he was going to be older because I recognized him. He used to be on Seventh Heaven, if you can believe it. He was Matt's friend, I think, the older son. Oh. So in real life, he is 44. So you were really close. I was close. Okay. And so he's he's the reason I looked the ages up because I knew he was older and she looked so young to me. I was like, man, how young? How old is she? She's 42. (gasps) Whoa. I know. Wow. She looks great. Yeah, she She does. Yeah, she does not look 42. I was like, Wow. (laughs) for her (laughs) well and also I feel like the role was kind of written for a younger person like with her being an associate pastor and never having had her own church and you know like the mom getting the job for her and stuff like that like I kind of felt like maybe they made her look younger specifically at the beginning because I do think later on in the movie when she would do her makeup she Mm -hmm. definitely looked older than she did in the very first scene sitting there so yeah. that's true. That's true. So you kind of already touched upon it. So this movie is about an assistant pastor getting her own church, becoming lead pastor and having to help their choir kind of thing. And what cracked me up was the movie starts with her finding out that she got this new job and she's moving to Texas. She did not apply for this job. Her mom got this job for her. And two days later, she's supposed to be in Texas. I'm just like, surely this isn't how this works. I would be so angry. I I did not like this part, even though I still gave it high ratings on stuff. I did. I really did not like this specifically that the mother told her in front of everybody else. She's learning along with the rest of the congregation what's happening Mm -hmm. with her life. And the whole point is, is that she's kind of like doesn't have enough confidence in herself. So the mom 
is kind of like the mama bird kicking the baby out of the nest. Like, you got to learn to fly. And Mm -hmm. I get the concept. I think the mom should have told her before the church service that this was what was happening. And I'm announcing it and you're going. If that's what she was going to do. Although I still think the mom should have tried to get her to apply for the job first. (laughs) Yeah, I think she should have definitely notified her before anyone else or before even like committing her to this job because so she wasn't so much not confident in actual like pastoring, but they have this thing called a singing pastor, which I guess is a thing maybe in some churches. I had never I didn't know that was a thing, but her mom is a singing pastor and her whole family legacy is that they're singing pastors and She is afraid to sing after somebody heard her when she was 16 and they're like, your mom is this singing pastor and this is all you got. I'm like, dang, that's rude. So she's like afraid to sing. And if they want a singing pastor, that's a problem. So that's kind of where her insecurity lies. Yeah. And this actually hit really close to home because my dad is a preacher and Mm I used to sing in the choir and I'd have solos and I would get so nervous. And I still, if I were to sing in public, I would still get really nervous. But my dad would be like, I can see your legs shaking. Like, why are you so nervous? I get so nervous. And I was like, there's no reason to get nervous because it's not like people are going to tell the preacher's daughter that she sucks. (laughs) Apparently it happens. (laughs) And at least your dad's not a singing preacher. Oh, no, my dad is um, never going to be a singing anything. (laughs) Okay, so there you go. (laughs) But yeah, I I understand. I thought you might connect with this because she was a PK and just the way her mom spoke to her. I mean, her mom was really nice, but it always felt like she was still doing the pastoring thing with her daughter and Mm -hmm. like the advice and everything. So it's like, I wonder if Carrie understands this. Yeah, when you grow up in like, this is the, the anecdote that I give people. I'm like, when you grow up in the house with a parent for that's a preacher you can pretty much always guarantee that when you get in trouble for something there's going to be a bible verse given along with it and it gets Mm. really annoying fast (laughs) (laughs) i am not one of your parishioners (laughs) i mean you kind of are if you go to the church (laughs) (laughs) technically But I need a parent, not a preacher right now. Oh, gosh. Yeah, that's funny. So I I thought of you with that whole thing. I have a lot on the singing, and I have a very random thing. There was a commercial that I noticed. It cut from this preacher movie to Joel Olstein. Okay. Yeah, I fast-forwarded through that commercial. I just thought it was funny (laughs) that it was like, you know what? We're going to – this is the perfect movie to place this (laughs) Ad. <laughs> well, you know, I so I've been fast forwarding through the days on Philo to get to the movies to record, and they play like Joel Osteen, they play uh, Joyce Meyer, and they like play all these pastors in the morning. Mornings, I did know that so. they do uh, Joyce Myers. I didn't realize that Joel Osteen was part. Of it. Oh yeah, it's like five or six pastors in a row that they play in the mornings. But yeah, I I, I saw Joel's face and I was like, man, fast forwarding, we're on commercials now. <laughs> I don't want to listen to you. <laughs> okay. So let's get to the singing, Carrie. Share your thoughts. Okay. First of all, I love, 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 love that they started with the crier. And it was what a friend we have in Jesus. It was not a Christmas song. Mm-hmm. It yeah. was so good. I I loved the beginning of that. They played a lot of songs I'd never heard before, actually. Oh, really? And I don't know if they're, yeah, I recognize like two or three of them. 
I feel like I recognized almost all of them. There was one, which I actually wrote down. There was one, I think, like, she kept singing Silver and Gold. I don't think I recognize this song, but I also wonder if we're not recognizing them because they take creative liberties and don't always flow, follow like the traditional, like, like it's not like singing out of the hymnal, right? So mm-hmm. they'll like, there was one point where they were playing, there was something playing and I realized that it was like, go tell it on the mountain, but you're kind of at the end of the song where they're kind of ad-libbing and singing like little short parts Mm. over and over again. And I was like, oh, but that's Go Tell It on the Mountain, even though it doesn't technically sound like Go Tell It on the Mountain. I see. Yeah, I think you'd have a better ease at like recognizing them than me since you grew up in that. Uh, I definitely recognized I Surrender All and I recognized Oh Come All You Faithful at the end, obviously. (laughs) I wrote, Oh Come Let Us Adore Him. Ha 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 ha. Well, you know what? Whenever (laughs) she sang I Surrender All, I looked it up because I'm like, you know what? What if this isn't the title? It is the title, but some people do call it the other line in that song that I can't think of right now. All to the... But that had me teary-eyed. All to Jesus. Oh. Sometimes people call it all to Jesus. That had me teary-eyed. I'm not going to lie. It It was so good. it It was so good, and it was, like, so passionate. I felt like watching David writing a psalm in that moment, putting all the emotions out there, kind of yelling at Jesus, saying, I don't know what to do. What am I supposed to do? I just I just felt that so bad. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't her singing because we're in a movie to show off how she can sing. It was her singing because that's the only way she could express herself to God, you know? Yeah. And it was very powerful. And it was a, it's, it was also powerful, I guess, in the movie sense, because it's the first time we hear her sing. Yeah. And we're like, whoa. I mean, obviously, we knew she could probably sing, but yeah, he's the first time. So you're like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> I will say I had two more notes about songs. The silver and gold with the lady singing that song and everybody's like, what is happening here? That cracked me up. But then the next song that she sang, she sang Go Tell It on the Mountain was like so much better. And it was, it was amazing. amazing. I was like, yeah. why was she singing that like that if she wasn't a good singer? Like they should have just had someone else be the person singing it that was just not good. Well, you know what I was thinking? Because I, I was laughing at that part too. But I was also thinking how you have to be a really good singer in order to sing badly. That's you true. Know? So I was just like, I know she can really sing. This is a this is a lie. <laughs> well, and I think it was trying to that that point in the movie they were highlighting the need for a singing pastor. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I think that that is all of my singing comments. But the music was amazing. There was a ton of it. Like I mm-hmm. felt like every segment of the movie had some sort of singing in it, and I really appreciated that because I didn't feel that way about some of the other movies where you would have expected that. Like the Reba one was good; it had it had some singing, but it wasn't like as much all the way throughout that I felt like this one was. Yeah, I would agree, and it just makes me want to go to like a gospel church where they have the choir singing like that. That's just what I need. Yeah, it, it was just gonna throw that out there. It was fun. I have a few quotes, but I I just have to talk about this one part of the story. Ida is mean. This woman needs church discipline. She's grieving, Carrie. You can't be mean like that. She was mean. And I don't care if you're grieving or not. You can't you can't be mean. Like the reason she felt like she could do that when she was grieving was probably because she treated people like that before she was grieving and people let her keep doing it. Her brother was the old pastor and he died. So Just I'm, FYI, everyone. Yes. I'm sure that he did not reprimand her 
<laughs> but I was like, yeah. man. And you know what? I think I reacted so badly to this because no one knows what it's like to be in a church until you have worked in a church. And I've never had a paying job in a church other than like keeping kids. I mean, during during church services and stuff like that. I grew up seeing how the politics of church can be and how people are on committees and they're fighting over this and they have to have their way and they have to do this or I give this much money so I should be able to have this the way that I want it and blah 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 and it becomes a thing and I just really was like this is the kind of stuff that people are like I I wrote down she needs Jesus because people (laughs) people (laughs) don't go to church because of situations like this because they see people as hypocritical and it's not like Mm -hmm. that extreme obviously she was grieving but and she did come around at the end and be better uh, at, at the end. Um, but that's because she got her way. She got the singing pastor that she wanted, right? It wasn't like, mm-hmm. I realized that I treated you badly and I'm sorry for treating you badly. It's like, oh, well, now you can sing, so I'll I'll accept you as my own. And I was just like, man, I don't like... This is one of the parts that's hard uh, about like knowing how churches work. But I think also, for me, like it helps me in going to churches. I expect some of that stuff. So I don't... like People are people. If you're holding... This is like going off on a preaching moment. But if you're holding people in a church (laughs) (laughs) to like being perfect, they're not God. You shouldn't be holding them to that standard. They're going to make mistakes. So it like helps me. It just got me real bad because I was like, man, I've known people like this. (laughs) Oh, dear. She was terrible. Let's see. My random things are, first of all, did you get annoyed by the use of pastor in every sentence? Uh. They're like, yes. oh, how are you, pastor? Oh, do you like this pastor? Oh, pastor. Oh, like, literally every sentence yes. was pastor. I'm like, please stop. <laughs> I agree. It, it was it was a lot. I feel like she started introducing herself as Olivia and it got a little bit better. But yeah, it wasn't good. I was, it yeah, was they needed to edit that out in the script. <laughs> well, and I think that maybe, especially at the beginning, I felt like they were trying to pay, place how much reverence that they put on the position. Like she goes into mm-hmm. the place to buy food and the lady's like, Pastor, your money's not good here, you know, or whatever. And nobody yeah. even knows her yet. So, you know, I, I feel like that's kind of where it was going with it, which I appreciated that. But I agree probably too much. <laughs> and then we had a Zillow product placement because she was searching for a house. Oh, that is true. And I had I kind of laughed. I was like, oh, Zillow, we don't see you a lot in these movies. It was kind of a different product placement. That was funny. (laughs) And then, so it's called Kirk Franklin's A Gospel Christmas. Kirk Franklin is in the very end in a video of himself. I didn't love that, but what I wrote down was they actually had a scene in the movie where they were complimenting him. Oh, yeah. Oh, I love Kirk Franklin. He's the greatest. I'm like, uh, (laughs) (laughs) did Kirk write this? He probably did not write any of the script. My guess is he worked on all the music. Yeah, and helped produce and stuff. Yeah. I, I just thought it was funny. Like, I didn't hear anyone saying, oh, Reba McIntyre, she's so amazing. You know, That's in Reba's movie. Yeah. I loved that he took her to the gazebo, another gazebo, but... It was where his parents went on their first date and he had it all lit up and he paid for party people to come out and set it up ahead of time. And I just loved that he was so attentive to her. Yeah. So I liked that they actually were dating, but I do feel like the romance took a backseat in the movie to all the other things. However, 
there was a romantic moment between them that I thought was really sweet. And it was the forehead kiss that he gave her. Oh, yeah. That was sweet. And and I liked the montage at the end where they included that clip together to kind of play back their greatest hits relationship. (laughs) They did kind of have a dumb problem because she saw him with another woman kind of thing. I felt like the movie didn't need that thrown in there. I felt like we were fine with just the problems with the choir thing. No, I agree. And I don't care that they do this a lot of the time. I thought the same thing. I thought... Why can't we just have a movie where they work through... And she wouldn't even listen to him. And it, I mean, guys, it's his sister. Oh, no. uh, what? Yeah. I, I just feel like she... I mean, you're a lead pastor now. You deal with issues all the time. I feel like you know better than to jump to conclusions and not let people say their piece kind of thing. I agree. I agree. I have a couple of quotes that I wrote down. Okay. He said, dope things can happen anywhere. You just have to be open to it. <laughs> I mean, he's not wrong. He is not wrong. And then one that was really, really sweet was he said, I want to be on this journey with you standing right beside you, making you laugh. And it was all in this conversation about how, again, seeing someone, how her mom always said, you need to find someone who sees you and not the preacher role. Because he sees Olivia and not Pastor Olivia. Yes. Whatever her last name is. Richard. Yeah. So I I thought that was very sweet him saying that and just like kind of putting it out there like I want to be with you. And then my last one, the girl, the one girl offers to sing the solo. He goes, I'd rather hear a distressed billy goat cry. <laughs> and that made me die laughing. He's like, I'll just sing it myself. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I'll take over. It's okay. <laughs> oh, that was so funny. I have one last thing. I did not like their kiss at the end. It was not a good kiss. Well, what was your problem, Carrie? My problem was that it didn't feel very passionate to me, for one. And for two, I felt like their faces were like almost straight on. And it just felt like a very forced, uncomfortable kiss. Do you think they were kissing the plexiglass? <gasps> you think they were still using that this year? I don't know. Because COVID? I don't know, but... In that movie that we know that they used it in did not look, I didn't hate the kiss as much as this one. So yeah, I actually forgot about that glass until you started saying how awkward their kiss looked. I was like, oh my gosh, did they use it again? So did you not think the kiss was awkward? No. Yeah. I was just like, well, okay. All right. So it is time to rate the movie for setting. I gave it a four because I was disappointed that we were going to be in Texas for a Christmas movie because it's not like they get snow, but I thought they did a good job. The Christmas stuff and the houses were cute and the church was cute. So I gave it a four. I gave it a three. I did really like her rental or whatever it was. I did really, really, really like that. So I probably should have given it a four, but I've been in a lot of churches. (laughs) Well. I would have just loved like an very old, I don't know. I felt like their church was old. No, but I felt like it was more like 70s old and not like old, old. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's move on. So for style, I gave it a four because I liked all her outfits. They had her in a ton of light pink. I mean, she looks great in light pink, which makes sense. And then I also liked that they had like cultural clothing, like their choir outfits. And at the end, their dressed up outfits. It was like very colorful. And I don't know, they're not your normal black robes, you know, or whatever. Yeah. So it actually kind of reminded me of Sister Act 2. Where they go out to mm-hmm. sing their their thing, joyful, joyful, we adore thee, and 
like they're all in their button ups and then all of a sudden she's like take take it off take it off and they're in their like normal clothes but it was like mm-hmm. here's our personality but in a way that is actually robe like right so they all went together it wasn't like sister act 2 where they're all just wearing their street clothes or whatever it was actually planned yeah. but i liked that it gave it more personality than just a choir robe. Mm-hmm. Agreed. I gave it also. I gave it a four. Is that what you gave it? Because now I'm forgetting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I did have one comment on the clothes. I loved her dress in at the in, that the, the last song, but <laughs> I did write might be a little low cut for a pastor though. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even notice that. Girl, I was focused on her like necklace and her hair. I would never wear that necklace. I have such issues with like things around my neck. I can't, I don't wear, you will never catch me in a turtleneck. I really hate it. And while aesthetically I liked the look of it, it's a zero no go for me (laughs) personally. I mean, that's the outfit she wore in her movie poster. So yeah, that. That is true. Okay. Storyline, I gave it a five because I I really liked it and I liked all the music. I did too. I gave it a five also. I really liked it. I was pleasantly surprised at all of it except for the attitude of the one lady. And I guess they technically needed something to be upset about. (laughs) And then Christmas trees, I gave it a four. But now I'm like, I don't know why. I I mean, I guess it was kind of (laughs) Christmassy. I gave it a four also, but... Okay, and it's a love. It's a love. Yay, all three movies are love. Have we ever had that happen? I don't know. Last week we had... You had four movies love. I had three movies love and one nonsense, but barely. So... Yeah. I feel like, though, it's more likely to happen since we're selectively choosing movies this year. (laughs) That's true, but we were giving a lot of nonsense ones that were, like, on the fence. That's true. Earlier on. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. All right. So that wraps up this review episode. Stay tuned for the next episode where we preview the weekend's movies. Bye. Bye. So subscribe to the podcast so you can get notified when we have new episodes released. And if you're on Apple Podcast, we'd love it if you leave us a review. Apparently those are really super helpful in getting your podcast seen and our social media. Yes. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Love and Nonsense Podcast. Talk to you later. Bye.